You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Thursday, Dan and the Danette's Dan Patrick Show. I'm still laughing at your sneaky line you had yesterday, Seton, as I'm running down the list of 74 best players in NBA history, and then you said, where's Zion on the list? And I thought, oh, you were trolling there is what you were doing. I was trolling. You were trolling there. Yes, you were. People still talking about that. Talking about that uh, list of 74. Was Kobe uh, not high enough? Was Shaq not high enough? Larry Bird too high on the list? LeBron, should he be number two all time? I have no problem with these lists. If you said Kobe is going to be number two on the list, okay. Certainly got a great resume. Is it about titles? All right. He's got more titles than LeBron. Like, what does it come down to? And I still don't know what the voting criteria is. Because it feels like that trump card is titles. And when all else fails, hey, this guy won more titles there. We have favorites. And we have favorites, and it's generational. Like, you can't tell people from the 90s who are a certain age and watch Jordan, you can't, they'll never, ever give in and say somebody could possibly be better than Michael Jordan. Just can't. It won't happen. You're going to have people 15 years from now Talk about Steph Curry and Steph Curry's greatness. Let's say Steph Curry adds one more title here. He's going to be the greatest shooter of all time. Not the greatest scorer, but the greatest shooter of all time. Does he get into the top 10? If, if we have this conversation in 10 years from now, who is in the top 10? Is Kevin Durant in the top 10? Is Steph Curry? Is the Greek freak there? Is Kawhi? Does LeBron go higher? Does he go to number one? Because nobody else is changing. Everybody else's resume is complete. LeBron is still you know, piling on the numbers and maybe winning another title or two. Steph Curry is what, 32? 32? He's got you know, a window here of, let's say, three or four more peak years. Can you add one or two titles there? The resurgence of the Golden State Warriors, number one overall pick. You got Draymond, Clay. And you got Steph coming back. Could you win another title there? If you win another title, then he's going to be in the top 10. Who comes out of the top 10 is also interesting. Greek Freak's got to win titles. We, we've had statistical anomalies here. You got to win some titles, and he's got plenty of time to do so. Kawhi Leonard, I think Kawhi would get credit for winning titles, but wouldn't be viewed as one of the greats of all time. Because of load management. Maybe what happened in San Antonio. You know, here he is with the Clippers in a chance to win another title or two, given that roster uh, and having a Hall of Fame coach there as well. But that, those were some of the thoughts that I had. Instead of arguing about who should be in the top 10 or where they're ranked in the top 74, it's let's look at that next wave of who's going to be in the top 10 when it's all said and done and who gets moved out of the top 10. Yeah, McLovin. So is it, is it fair to say, and this is more of a question, that players in 2020 are much better than players in, say, 1975? Is it coaching and fitness and weightlifting? And now everybody learns to shoot through AAU. It's a, just a totally – so these guys are better now, or am I completely wrong? I think they're different because they, they've had – you have somebody to model your game after. You know, they have – Everybody is in shape now. Jordan was one of the first to hire a trainer. So this isn't 1975 where guys are hiring trainers. 
Jordan hired somebody outside of the Chicago Bulls, Tim Grover, to come in and get him in shape. LeBron spends over a million dollars a year, reportedly, on training, meals, all those things. You know, travel, look at the travel here. You got, you got private jets here. Back in the 70s with the Lake, Will Chamberlain used to fly commercial. 7-2. And you probably weren't going direct. Like, it's just changed so much. And then the athlete who's going to come along 15 years from now, who knows what we allow them to put in their bodies? What are they like when they play the game? What is the game like? Are we raising the hoop at any point? Do we widen the court at any point? Do we do that in football? Do we, do we make it wider because of the athleticism that's going to be in play here? I, I don't know. But I think that those are distinct possibilities here. I just think that if I'm going to look at who is most likely to, pull, to uh, drop out of the top 10, is it Larry Bird? Because Shaq and Kobe, they're still in, you know, Kobe will always be with us. Shaq is there every day in commercials. Larry disappeared. You don't see Larry anymore. LeBron and Michael are going to be there. Tim Duncan, if he becomes the next head coach of the Spurs, like it's being relevant too. And people saw most of your career here. I don't know if, I don't know who else would fall out of that top 10. Because somebody, there's at least two going in, I think. Steph Curry's going in. He'll be a top 10 player of all time. Is Kevin Durant going to be a top 10 player of all time? And in 20 years from now, is the Greek freak in there? Or is there somebody else that comes along? Yeah, McLeod. Also, back in the day, like you didn't have the, like Luca's going to be in the mix and Greek freak. Like, is the sport better because it's international too? Or was, you know, like there was no Arvidas Sabonis in 70 or 80. I mean, it feels like the game, that has helped the game a lot. Well, you can credit the dream team. Yes, that's it. Because that changed it. The dream team opened everybody's eyes to the globalization of the, of the sport. Um, you know, somebody was saying, what about Magic Johnson? I said, man, Magic, as a 6'9 point guard, it, it just, you, you, you couldn't process that. 6'9 athletic point guard. And, and that's where you start your team. I mean, that's, nobody could match up with that. Now, we tried, like Penny Hardaway. We, we tried with guys that were a little bit bigger, taller. Magic was 6'8", six, 6'9", six, running the point and running the break. I mean, he's a top 10 player. But somebody will fall out. Russell stays in because of the 11 titles. Bird might be the guy that falls out. Yeah, Paul? I, I, think, I don't think Bird falls out because I think he and Magic Johnson are intertwined. They're almost like a package deal. They should be, but somebody's falling out. Right. If Steph Curry puts up a resume that's so good, if he adds two more titles, then he's going in. Maybe we should book some guests for 10 years from now <laughs> about this topic here. Let's get the ESPN voters on here. All right, we'll uh, get some phone calls here. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. You're starting to hear a little bit more information about baseball the Baseball Player Association, what the target date is here, there's still a lot to be decided. A lot of grumbling from the players. How much are we getting? Uh, 
you know, we also have to factor this in. There are players and families that won't want their husband to come back. They won't want to come back. There's a, there's just a lot that is, has to be factored in here. It's not as simple as turn, turn on the, the switch and then we all go back and play. There's a lot that has to be processed here. And there are things that we, we haven't even thought about that they have to think about. But I do think that there are, there are players in basketball and also baseball who are really second-guessing this. And I talked to somebody yesterday. I've mentioned this uh, the first and second hour, and I'll bring it up one more time because it's important to hear. I uh, asked about, and this is a source, I said, what, about, what would it take for the NFL players to be able to come back, training camp, get ready for games? And I was told right now, we, our medical staff is estimating 60,000 tests a week for NFL players, personnel. 60,000. And he said, and should we be getting these tests instead of somebody who really needs these tests? But, but those are things that are being discussed right now of trying to come back and play, and can you do it safely? These are all things that are being discussed with teams, uh, leagues, commissioners, medical staffs, and I don't know how far down the road we are. And with Major League Baseball, are you going to have you know, players who want to play? Can they play? Are you going to be self-quarantined in Florida or Arizona? I also asked my source, I said, how do you think the Players Association is, if you took a poll of players, and my source said, I don't know if they have any documentation, but what I've been told is you're going to get a lot of players who don't want to come back to play right now. If you voted now for the NFL, they would not want to come back and play. A majority is what I was told. So once again, things change, change rapidly, daily, almost hourly here. And no, my job is just to update you on that of what we hear. The NBA is quiet right now. And I think that's a good thing because I don't want to remember when we went back and it was going to be May 1st opening camps. Then it was May 8th. And I said, I wouldn't be putting those dates out there. And we move right by those. They need to be silent, get a game plan. And then hopefully you're able to start this season. Hopefully. That, that's uh, everybody's uh, goal. Uh, let me see. A couple of phone calls in here. Jim in Michigan joins us. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind today? Hey, Mr. Patrick. Good to talk to you again. Well, I got a movie for you. Okay. Called Under the Rainbow. Got Chevy Chase, Carrie Fisher, and 75 Mitches. <laughs> okay. Uh I guess this is their uh, over the rainbow, but they're under the rainbow. But uh, thank you, Jim. I'm not a Chevy Chase fan. I know he's had legendary career like Fletch and is brilliant on Saturday Night Live. This goes back to battle lines were drawn, and I was doing a sports center one night, and I remember Carl Ravage and some of the other sports center anchors. We got into a discussion. Who do you like more, Chevy Chase or Bill Murray? And Chevy wasn't at Saturday Night Live for a long time. And then he went into making movies. And I said, it's Bill Murray. And uh, we had this conversation going back and forth. And, uh, you know, I I picked the right horse there with uh, Bill Murray. So for some reason, I hold this against Chevy Chase. And I don't know why. I don't know Chevy Chase. I appreciate him. But if you said, 
Hey, who's who stars in uh, their golf movie? Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Bill improvised everything. I mean, it was Chevy's movie, but Bill stole the movie. I think. But I think that they ad-libbed those scenes when Bill was with Chevy. Yeah, Paul. There's a great old movie called Seems Like Old Times. It's Goldie Hawn, Chevy Chase, and Charles Grodin. It's a bit dated. I don't know if it would play that well these days. Mm. But Charles Grodin's fantastic. Goldie Hawn, everyone loves her, and, and Chevy's great. Well, just watch Midnight Run with De Niro oh. and Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin's spectacular in that movie. He really is. He's, he's, it's, it's, a, it's one of the great buddy movies. Because De Niro is so serious and Charles Grodin is just, he has such a great way about him. And I don't know, like De Niro, you never thought of him as, I watched Taxi Driver again yesterday afternoon. Whoo, man. Can't have that with the kids, you know. Yeah, McLovin. So you sat home during quarantine and watched Taxi Driver yesterday afternoon. That sounds a lot of fun. Well, I'll give you an idea of my mental state sometimes. Like, let me find uh, somebody who is in worse shape than I am. Maybe somebody who's a little more down in the dumps. <laughs> let me watch Travis Bickle here. And then I watched um, the Jake LaMotta uh, Raging Bull. Wow. And, and there's a scene where, and I think Pesci was so great in that movie. And, and you don't realize how great he is, but his role is... It's quirky. It's it's smallish compared to how big Jake LaMotta and De Niro is in Raging Bull. But when Pesci is getting punched in, uh, he's got padding on, and uh, De Niro's punching him as he gets ready to go out for the fight. Pesci was just brilliant. He just really, really, I don't want to say he stole it, but, but he's so good. Yeah, Fritzy. Have your kids seen Stir Crazy or Goodfellas? I don't want to. I'm not a Goodfellas fan. Really? Nah. Nah. I, I know. I have something about the mom. Have you seen it all the way through? Yes. I, I just. I, you know what it is? I know how these movies always end. And these are some of my people. <laughs> through my wife's side of the family. <laughs> she just found out she's an unrecognized citizen of Italy. Because she was, you know, she was inquiring about dual citizenship. I was about Ireland. And then she goes, I should check on Italy. I can't, I, I'm, I'd have a hard time getting in to Italy as a dual citizen. And my wife goes, I'm an unrecognized citizen of Italy. I go, what does that mean? She goes, I have no idea, but I'm closer to be a dual citizen. Is she thinking about jumping ship? No, she just, I don't know. I figured one of these days when I up and leave and then I just, you know, you're going to see me on the French Riviera or Lake Como in Italy. I'll be next to George Clooney. You're not going to be hosting like a, a sports radio show on Sky no. Sports no. from uh, Lake Como, are you? <laughs> no. The Den Denettis? Yeah. Jim <laughs> yeah. Jimmy in the Brazoot. Jimmy in the mozzarella in the morning. Uh, Robert in Houston. Hi, Robert. What do you have for me today? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, first time, short time. Uh, 5.8 and a dad bod, 185. All right. So I, I recommend two movies, uh, just some, some of my favorites, um, and just kind of a different, two different ones, The Godfather and uh, The Matrix, kind of unique in their own way. Um, and then a little bit of trivia for that true romance. It was written by Tarantino, but directed by Tony Scott. And okay. since Tarantino was just coming out, he decided to direct Reservoir Dogs, and he had to give up true romance. So, uh, oh, good. Well, thank you, Robert. 
I can't watch Reservoir Dogs when they get into the warehouse. Man, that's good. Can't do it. No, can't do it. That comes great on. Movie. I, great movie. Yeah. Can't watch it. They get to that, the tortures. No, I can't do it. No, can't do it. Steve in South Carolina. Hi, Steve. ADP. Yep. Uh, first time, long time, 59160. All right. Couple movies for you. As both of these movies make me laugh every time I watch them, no matter how many times I've seen them. Uh, Return of the Pink Panther from the Peter Sellers series. Yep. And uh, this one, an under the radar movie, uh, Bananas from 1971. Woody Allen. If you've never seen it, the very opening movie is Howard Cosell playing himself calling an assassination. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's like a spoof you, comedy. Steve. It's almost like a, it feels like a variety show movie. I saw it a long time ago. And what was the other movie he had? Bananas and... I missed it. Yeah, I forget. Godfather. See, I, I love The Godfather, but I, I know how it all ends. So I, don't, I mean, it ends in bad ways for people. And I love James Caan, but Sonny gets... If he has correct change, he doesn't die at the toll booth easy there. Easy pass. I know. They didn't have easy pass back then. Yeah, McLovin. I'd love to see you watch all 100 films in the American Film Institute's top 100 and see how many you give a thumbs up to. Because you're, you're, it's, you're critical. Well, but there's reasons why I like or don't like a movie. That doesn't mean they're not great movies. Like Goodfellas. I, I didn't like Goodfellas. I, I didn't. Like Casino. I watched that the other night. I, I, Sharon Stone is great, and Pesci's great, the way De Niro dresses. But, you know, it's going to end bad. I have a hard time watching that. Yeah, Fritzy. Were the kids like American Graffiti or Saturday Night Fever, something like with a 50s kind of genre to it? Saturday Night Fever, my wife, she, we had movie night with Saturday Night Fever, and my wife forgot how... There's some scenes in language. Mm. There's some things that are said in there that we went, well, I don't know. But you're already watching it, and you forget. And then all of a sudden, my son, who's my my oldest, he goes, uh, forgot that one, huh? And I go, yep, forgot that one. Forgot that scene there. Yep. All right, more phone calls coming up. Yes, Paul? Dan, I've, I hate to top you there, but I've got the ultimate movie topper. My dad was once uh, saddled with me on a Saturday rainy afternoon, and my mom said, go, go take the kid to the movies, and... This was a movie theater that had one movie to choose from. You just you drove the movie that was there. And I was, again, I was 10 and a half years old. And my dad took me to see Midnight Express. Ooh. And, uh, that was not, a good movie, I don't 10 and a half. I don't, yeah. It was uh, traumatic. You know, Turkish prison movies are not for children. I think that's a universal <laughs> truth. I saw Jaws when I was six. I wouldn't even take a bath for a month. Yes, That's Tom. messed up. Our camp counselors who smoked a lot of pot back when we were like seven, eight years old, we were supposed to see the Apple Dumpling Gang, which was like a Disney movie. They snuck us into private lessons with Sylvia Crystal, and that kind of <laughs> shook us up a little bit. They thought it was kind of amusing that they would take like, you know, eight-year-old kids into that. That explains an awful lot about you, Todd. An awful lot about you. Who knew? 12 years in. Never heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard about uh, private lessons with you, toddlers. Yeah. Sylvia Crystal. Yeah. I think I've heard that a hundred times, maybe. But the audience, they go in and out. We don't know who's <laughs> You're right. You guys have heard all the stories. <laughs> You're right. That's true. Uh, 20 after the hour, more phone calls coming up here. And uh, did we stay with the poll question, McLovin, all three hours? 
Uh, yeah, we're on. A, do you like fake crowd noise? And it actually started out fifty five percent were okay with it. Now it's close to sixty percent say no way on the fake crowd noise. I don't need it. I, I I would be curious if we like no sound, fake sound to the real sound that you're going to get at the game. And I'm going to guess it'll it'll be awkward, but I do think it'll be different. You'll pay even more attention, I think, to the game because of the sound that'll be there. And we just heard from Nick Nurse, the Toronto Raptors head coach last hour, and he's like, I, I'd have to really watch my language. And I think a lot of players were, you would hear everything. And it would be great. If this was back in the 80s when there was true ta- trash talking, God, how good would that be? Or the 90s? Jordan saying something or Bird saying something? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. All right, 22 after the hour. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Paulie just handed me an article from Yahoo!, Title is Scottie Pippen is reportedly unhappy about the last dance. Let me see if I can grab a quote or two. Last dance, of course, portrays Pippen as underpaid and frustrated. The uh, episode of the final seconds of a 1994 semifinal game, Phil Jackson picked Tony Kukoc to have the last shot. Pippen apparently was angry. And, uh, well, he was angry. And he decided he was going to sit out the last... uh, Second and a half, Kukoc hits the shot. And, uh, you know, that was that was always what was interesting. There are a couple of things. If if that game went into overtime, is Pippen going to play or is he still going to sit out? And if you see the play before the timeout, before Kukoc hits the shot, Pippen, who was, ne- he was never a great on, you know, dribbling the ball creator. He didn't create. He was great in transition. Bore, you know, it was up to Jordan to create. You know, Scotty was a, a scorer, not a shooter. And Scotty gets frustrated because Kukoc, he thinks, is going to set a pick. He doesn't set the pick. Kukoc backs off and then wants the ball. And then Scotty forces one up at the buzzer and uh, it, it doesn't go in. They get the chance, last chance. And this time Kukoc gets the ball, hits the shot over, I think, Anthony Mason. And uh, the Bulls end up winning. Uh, let me see what's in here. Uh, and then, of course, Pippen said, if I had a chance to do it over, I probably wouldn't change it. And that's not a good quote there, Scotty. Um, he says that he, let me see. I wish he didn't give a bleep like me about what people say. Um, is this the sort? No, this is Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman says, I wish Scotty didn't give a bleep like me about what people say. He insists that Pippen's one of the best players of all time, but no one could ever quite see him. He was too quiet. He was always standing next to Michael Jordan. Uh, Scotty was underrated and so underpaid. He should be holding his head high, high up, higher than Michael Jordan in this documentary. I think a lot of people are now realizing what he went through. The kid was a hero in a lot of ways during those great Bulls runs. Okay. Was Scotty underpaid only in relationship to Michael Jordan? What was Scotty's salary? And where did that salary rank in the league? Because I think it might be a little bit higher than people think. I don't I don't have any comments here from Scotty Pippen. It just says he's reportedly unhappy about the last dance. 
Yeah, I don't I don't see anything. Yeah, Paul. Pippen during the Bulls run was his average pay was about two point six million a year. He was not in the top there's a point in his career where he was a first team all NBA player, but he wasn't in the top forty of player salary. Where was he the last year of the Bulls with his, that salary? His last year of the Bulls, he made two point seven million dollars. Okay. And I'll check to see where that ranks in the league. Okay. Yeah, because I was told that Scotty was getting a pretty good salary commensurate to other players. It was just Michael Jordan was different than everybody else back then. But Scotty is... Yeah, I understand, but but Scotty doesn't help himself in this documentary. If you say, if you had to do it all over again, that's where you say, back then, this is why I acted that way. Of course, I'd never want to quit on my team. You know, when people start calling you sitting bull because you sat down in that 94 semifinal game... It's not a good thing to have attached to your uh, resume. And Scotty, I think, has benefited from the last dance in this you know, top 74 players. What is Scotty, 22nd? Is Scotty Pippen the 22nd best player in the NBA? Got all those titles. Yeah, Paul. Pippen's final year with the Bulls, basically what this documentary is about. He made $2.7 million a year. He was, that was 122. 100, there was 121 players in the NBA making more than him including players who weren't even starters, including Horace Grant, who was making $14 million a year. If the owner says to you at the time, don't sign this deal, <laughs> this is the owner of the Bulls saying to Scotty, don't, this isn't a good contract. Yes, Eden. I get why Scotty Pippen is upset, though, about it, because some of this is the way the documentary is framing things. Like, did they really have to spend half of an episode on his migraine, too? You know, like he he had to sit. He sat for the one play. He had a migraine and couldn't play in another game. Yet somehow Michael Jordan punches a teammate in the face and it's framed <laughs> as that's the moment we all really came together and knew we were winning the championship. I mean, it's kind of garbage. Well, Scotty should do his own documentary because Michael is doing his own documentary. And then Scotty can tell his story the way he wants to tell his story. Mm. I, I, I do think that they they sort of left Scotty hanging a little bit here. And then when Michael says, hey, you know, I was bothered that he didn't have surgery. You know, Michael has the last word there. Yes, he. Michael had the nerve to call Scotty selfish. I know. He's making $35 million a year. And Scotty Pippen is like the 123rd <laughs> highest paid, paid, paid player. And Michael Jordan's like, well, I thought Scotty was selfish in that moment. He should have thought of the team. There is the great <laughs> moment where they give you the background of Scotty Pippen, where he's from, uh, you know, relationship with his father's father's illness came out of central Arkansas. They weren't quite sure what they had. And then all of a sudden they realized what they had and they had the perfect running mate for Michael Jordan. This doesn't happen for Michael without Scotty. Now we know that it doesn't happen for Scotty without Michael, but I, I do think that we sometimes look at that running mate and we don't give them as much credit, but Scotty with what he did, I, I thought Scotty was a better defender than Michael. I thought that he was, I thought he was just tougher. I mean, he picked up, he was a longer defender. He picked up Mark Jackson. He changed that series with uh, the Indiana Pacers. His defense on Mark Jackson, he wouldn't let him get into the offense until there was 10 seconds left on the shot clock. But that was Scotty. Scotty wasn't a great shooter, but he could score, transition, defense, rebound. He wasn't afraid, guard anybody. Um, you know, he, 
But but if you think about it, he gets overshadowed throughout all of this. Steve Kerr hits a big shot. John Paxson hits a big shot. Tony Kukoc hits a big shot. This is about Michael and all the big shots that he hit. The genius of Phil Jackson. Scotty is just sort of a, oh yeah, Scotty sat down. Oh yeah, uh, Scotty was holding out. Scotty always complained about his contract. Like, is there a moment during the last dance where they really are throwing verbal bouquets at Scotty Pippen? Maybe that part of the episode where they talk about drafting him, his family life, what he overcame, maybe a little bit there. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, there's different ways you could look at it. You could make the case that he's an overrated player because he benefits from being with Michael Jordan all those titles, but then he could come back and saying, Michael Jordan doesn't exist in this current state without me. They don't happen independent from each other. I'm, I know I'm not as good as him, but he doesn't have 6-0 and o without me, and that's a fact. That's yeah, true. No, it is. I get it. But I, I didn't hear any quotes. It just says that, you know, he's reportedly upset about that. And Fr- uh, Fritzy called for uh, Pippen. Yeah, McLovin. Well, Scotty's going to get his revenge when they show that Blazers Lakers. Oh, 2000 Western Conference Finals, fourth wow. quarter. Oh, too soon. What are you doing? Well, I'm curious at the documentary because that was really bad, as I recall, for Scotty. <laughs> Yes. Remember the Blazers couldn't score against the Lakers? No, oh. no, no, no. Yeah, Fritzy. My Pippin documentary title, ready? My sidekick of the story. Now your mic works. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for you? No, it doesn't. If he did his own documentary, my sidekick of the story. No, I got it. I know. I thought I'd try it a second time. No, usually it oh, works so it's like my sidekick of the story. My side <laughs> of the story. I get it now. With kick, like kick and print. Oh, yeah, of Sidekick. Yeah, I got it. Thank you, Tom. My sidekick. Because he's like Robin to Jordan's No, Batman. I got it. Sidekick. I got it. He's a sidekick. I got it, Todd. It's not the hero. Let's see if your feed would go down here on Zoom. <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, John and Todd, I got it. All right. John in Texas. Hey, John. Hey, Dan. This is uh, just a little side note here. Um, the... Uh, Soccer movie, Escape to Victory. That's a good movie. But I wanted to talk about Liverpool. We're well on our way to winning our first championship. No, 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 no. John, John, I can't talk Liverpool right now. Thank you, though. You're well on your way. I hope that the premiership comes back and Liverpool finally wins. We're well on our way. You're in Texas. We're well on our way. And I was a Liverpool guy last week. Almost 10 days yeah, in a row you were a Liverpool I was. Fan. I, I got my hat. I need my kit, Paulie. Got to have my kit. Working on it. Kellen in Indiana wants to interrupt hey, and talk Liverpool. Um, yes. Yes, Kellen. 5'10", five, five, uh, boozed up 170-something. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, two suggestions for the questions you asked today. Uh, dazed and Confused. Matthew McConaughey, great movie. Okay. Second thing, Andrew Luck being a Hall of Famer after two seasons. Yeah, I think uh, the jury was probably in on on Andrew Luck. We we were talking about this. Thank you, Kellen. You know how many times I watched Doc Gooden, and I was fortunate to be able to uh, cover the Mets back then. And Doc Gooden, after his second year, when he went twenty four and four, and I went, oh my god, this this guy is going to the Hall of Fame. We don't. You know, we'd heard things about Doc, but it was later on, not then, not after his second year. And then you started to wonder about, you know, he was 20 years of age. And you're in New York, 
and I would see his dad a lot. But, you know, when dad's not around and uh, Daryl Strawberry was there, you know, Mets were partiers. Mets were big partiers back then. And, you know, Doc got involved. He's still involved. Yeah. But, man, after those two years, you were like, wow, that, that guy's going to the Hall of Fame. Brent in Texas joins us. Hey, Brent, what do you have for us? Hi, Dan. Appreciate you and the Danettes. Hey, my suggestion for movie night is uh, the love postcard to Chicago, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I was 12 when mm. I saw it in theaters. The classic quote, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and take a look around once in a while, you could miss it. Yeah, we brought that up, and I think we started to play it for my youngest, and she just didn't like it. She didn't, she didn't get the, the genius of Ferris Bueller. So, yeah, we're doing movie night and, uh, you know, it interrupts my, you know, glass of tequila and my cigar because they won't let me have the cigar while we're watching the damn movie. So I have to watch the movie. And then I uh, raising Arizona. I sat through most of that. Now we're doing broadcast news and diner. Those are the uh, movies that are on the on deck circle. Jeff in St. Louis. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, and Polly, love your shirt. I'm wearing it, and I thank you guys for that shirt. But you got to forget one movie, and it's best, and it's the movie Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, and they're only in two scenes together in that. And I want your thoughts about Spud Webb basketball. Is he in the top 74? No, no, no. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Who else is talking about the movie Heat and Spud Webb today? Uh, no one is. No one is. In the same <laughs> sentence. Same paragraph there. Spud Webb, no. Nice story. Nice man. I I didn't like Heat. Was Val Kilmer in Heat? Yes. Tom Sizemore, John Voight. Yeah. I was okay with it. I rule out so many different genres when it comes. There's nothing, no zombies, no vampires, no space age movies, no superheroes. I'm not a lot of fun to uh, watch a movie with because I'm always, and it's hard nowadays because everything has vampires, superheroes. Yeah, Paul. Heat also has a young Ashley Judd and a young saucy Amy Brenneman. Don't sleep on them. Mm. Good movie. Mm. Uh, Jim in Montana joins us. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Uh, say one quick movie. Okay. Uh, being there with Peter Sellers, yeah. he plays an idiot named Chauncey Gardner. Yeah. It's pretty good. I thought he was brilliant in that movie. And thanks for the phone call, Jim. Uh, the other movie that was suggested was uh, Return to the Pink Panther, which my kids thought was spectacular. Just because, you you know, he'd go home and have Cato, and he and Cato would have these knockdown, drag-out fights trying to kill each other. And that scene when he's at the hotel... Does your dog bite? And then all of a sudden you're... I thought you said your dog does not bite. That is not my dog. Loved it. Pink Panther. Peter Sellers. Take a break. Oh, it looks like we've got hamburgers coming off the Traeger Grill. Mm. It's not Friday. I know, but I wanted to make sure that the Traeger was ready for Friday. So, you know, when a team has a walkthrough prior to a big game... Tomorrow is Meet Friday, and it's like a walkthrough here. This is our Super Bowl here. So, we, oh, I'm going to have to get up and go all the way to the kitchen to have that burger. 
We'll take a break. Uh, Last call for phone calls after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. My thanks once again to Nick Nurse, Toronto Raptors head coach. Got this day in sports history. Man, this is a nice trial run meat thursday for meat friday just hamburgers but uh man are they good they're really good I don't, what's the menu for uh, meat friday paulie on the traeger uh we got a lot of meat tomorrow i think it's um teriyaki chicken tomorrow okay that's what i'm hearing i'm heard i'm hearing that and some uh street corn yeah that burger is really good it might be the best burger i've had in a long time McLovin. Yeah, I heard you. I heard you guys eating uh, on the break. Yeah, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Any leftovers? We miss you guys. Um, I, you know, I feed the guys. I, I made six hamburgers, and I figured Paul and I could do three each, or we could do one each, and then I could give it to uh, the guys in the back. I opted for three each, and Paulie said no. We should give it to the guys in the back. So now there's no leftovers. But thanks for asking, McLovin. We miss you guys. Scott in Connecticut is the big winner on uh, Fritzy's scoreboard challenge. Uh, 24 and 7 are the numbers. Before we get to that, let's do this day in sports history to try to ruin Fritzy's scoreboard contest. Nice. In 1906, Dan, the flagpole at the Chicago White Sox ballpark broke during the pennant raising. It was actually going up, and it collapsed. Uh, you thought that'd be the Cubs, but it was the White Sox. 1967, New York Yankees uh, star Mickey Mantle got his 500th career home run. And uh, that's it. That's was a that quiet day. Denny McLean? Did, did Mickey Homer off Denny McLean? Sure. For a number? You don't know. Don't know. <laughs> but I, you probably know. Yes, Seton. And I guess Todd's scoreboard? Yeah. 7 and 24, meaning July 24th, which is not only my birthday, but is also Nick Nurse's birthday. Same Ooh, month, same day. Whoa. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Same month, same day. But I feel bad that that's not the answer, but that's fantastic. I'm going to guess Mickey yeah. Mantle is the seven. The clue is, uh, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Okay. Ugh. That's bad. <laughs> and Jersey uh, number seven. Okay. And 24? And the clue for 24 was, hey, that's amazing. No. So Willie Mays. The amazing Mets. May 14th, 1972, Willie Mays' first game as a Met. He homers to beat the San Francisco Giants 5-4, jersey number 24, Willie Mays. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. All right. Uh, Eric in Michigan. Hi, Eric. What's on your mind? Uh, yes, I have uh, two movies that you mentioned. Uh, Die Hard is a very good action movie. And if you want to go more historical, uh, Schindler's List. Oh, Schindler's List, a little heavy, but... Uh, Brilliant movie. Thank you. Thank you for the phone call. And Die Hard, yes. One of the great Christmas movies of all time. Yeah, the kids have uh, watched that. Uh, Ed in Ohio joins us. Hi, Ed. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Love the show. Thank 62175. You. I'm going to get you sucker and American History X for <laughs> movies. Very, very different movies there. But thank you, Ed. I'm going to get you sucker. American History X. That's Ed Norton, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Really? No. Nope. Oh, I, I would say that's a good watch, especially the first yeah. time you see it. It's a pretty, I don't know about shocking movie, but an intense movie. Yeah, I don't know. Ed Norton, we've had him on the show. I know. I know. I, it's not, it's not, once again, it's not anything against the, the director, producer, the stars of the movie. It's just the kind of movies that I watch. 
Does somebody get their head bashed on the sidewalk in American X? Correct. Yeah. Correct. I, I think I watched a little bit of that. That was it. I was done. It's like, all right, it's good. Jeff in Detroit joins us. Hi, Jeff. What do you have for me? What up, though, Dan? You keep this up, man. As soon as these states open back up, y'all going to be wondering where did the curly-haired brother come from on the patio because I promise you, every time I look up, you cooking something good, man. I be hungry. I'm like, man, here you go cooking again. Smoking up the block. Listen, as far as a good movie for you, classic, Cannonball Run. Two priests in a Ferrari, <laughs> Dean Martin, Sammy Davis. Shit, it gets no better than that. <laughs> Thank no you, Jeff. That. Thank you, Jeff. And once this quarantine lifts, Jeff, you're always welcome. We'll 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 save a, a seat at the uh, table there on a Meat Friday, Traeger Meat Friday at that. Final results of the poll question, McLovin. I switched it up. Whose career would you want, Scotty Pippen or Steph Curry? Wait, 56%. wait, wait! You can't do that with. I did it. I did it. Paulie suggested it. I jumped in. 57% want to be Pippen. Hmm. I would rather be Steph Curry than Scottie Pippen. I mean, you got Curry's already ranked ahead of him. He's been an MVP. He's got a couple of titles. And he's the greatest shooter in the history of the game. You know, if he ends up with three titles or whatever, he'll be ranked higher than Scottie Pippen on the all-time list. I wish Scotty would have gotten to the NBA Finals. They won 57 games without Michael Jordan. And it was a bad call against the Knicks. They should have gone to the NBA Finals. And I wish Pippen would have been able to do that because that would have been an incredible feat to do that. Uh, Fritzy, what did you learn on today's program? We are ready to resume the AUAA in any town or city that will have us. Yes, nobody has asked about us yet. Uh, McLovin? Fritzy has used Mickey Mantle on the scoreboard 46 times during this quarantine. <laughs> there has been a lot of Mickey Mantles. Seat no counter. Uh, you know what? Answering would you rather get punched in the face or the stomach tougher than you thought? I'm to not me, sure which. Yeah, I'd rather get punched in the uh, stomach. But that's when you have abs, then you can do that. What we learned brought to you by Traeger. Join the Traegerhood. Wood-fired grills make it easy to create incredible flavor. Whether you're barbecuing or baking bread, TraegerGrills.com slash DP show. Talk to you tomorrow.